Well, I am weaker, thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. And I'll be satisfied as long as I walk below close to thee. And just a closer walk with thee Granted Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be If I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Ready, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. And when my feeble life is old, and time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely, Lord, oh, to thy kingdom, dear Lord, to thy shore. And just a closer walk with thee. Ready, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Service to 
Change is not thy compassions, they feel not as thou hath been, that forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning. New mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand has provided, great is thy faithfulness, Lord Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, and all I have needed, thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness. Lord of great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, and all I have needed, I have Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to the book of Romans. And I was going to wait before I give you the text, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you uh, right now. Uh, Romans 12 and 21, and let's go ahead and just stand for the reading of that word, first of all. The Apostle Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me read it again, Romans 12 and 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Father, we thank you this morning for the reading of your holy word. Father, we ask in the name of Christ that you'd have your way in this service. Pour out the Holy Spirit upon your servant that I may speak the words of God clearly. Father, as always, as I pray, Please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight today. Father, I feel like I got a big mess up here today, but I believe that you can take my mess this morning and give me a message. So, Father, have your way and bless this time. Hide your servant behind the cross, and we praise you in Christ's name. And God's people said amen and amen. And so this morning, notice that we have only been looking at one verse this morning in the book of Romans. And before Paul speaks this, I would like to give you a little foundation of what's taking place. First of all, Paul is teaching us that we are called by the Father that we are to leave room for the wrath of God. In other words, 
the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 6 that, that God is just and he will pay back trouble for those who trouble you. Now understand that a lot of times when we're ready for God to do his thing, he usually puts us on the back burner. And it seems like, God, when are, when are you ever going to take revenge? Because I've held my tongue, I've held my anger, and I haven't said a word, and I'm still waiting. But it doesn't take long before you see it when it happens, and, and all of a sudden you feel kind of kind of sad for that individual or those individuals because when God begins to pour out his wrath, it's not always easy. Can I get an amen? Now, God is asking us to do something that's much easier said than done because, you see, once someone has hurt you deeply, everything inside of you that's not Christ-like begins to rise up. And that sinful nature that's inside of you, it wants to take revenge quickly. But let me remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 and 26. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, I may be wrong, but, but I believe the very moment that you and I begin to take revenge into our own hands, that's usually when God begins to remove his. Does that make any sense? In other words, we can take it into our hands, but it probably is not going to bring the results that we would really like to see happen. Now, we don't want to see people go down. We don't want to see people get hurt, but we do want to see God bring individuals to the place called repentance. That's the best place for them to be. Now, a lot of times, personally, when individuals come against me, I will quickly hold my tongue. The Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and what? Slow to anger, according to the book of James. And so, personally, what I do when someone comes against me, in my mind and in my spirit, I would begin to say these words, devil, get behind me. For you do not have in mind the things of God. You are a stumbling block to me, but you have the things in mind, the things of men. So I, I try to leave the revenge in the hands of God, and I try to rebuke that spirit because I'm always reminding myself who it is that's working behind that spirit. And so today, God's trying to teach us to do something completely against our sinful nature altogether found here in the book of Romans. Now, they, they say that Romans is, is, is probably one of the most popular books of the New Testament besides, besides the Gospel of John because it's full of so much revelations. In fact, I believe last week I used like 12 or maybe 10 verses from the book of Romans because it's a great book. But personally, I don't know what your favorite book is, but my favorite book of the entire Bible is the book of Galatians. I love Galatians because it is so clear about the freedom we have in Christ today. But I want you to notice in our text, <clears throat> Paul says, excuse me, <clears throat> Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with, with good. So, so notice that the, the key words that is being used today is the word overcome. And when you look into the original language, into the, the Greek language, the word is nikeo, and you'll find that it has two meanings. And these two meanings are simply our choices. You can be overcame by the enemy, or you can overcome the enemy. The word is what? Nikeo. It means to be subdued or conquered but it also means to get the victory. And so God's leaving that in, into our hands, saying the choice is yours. You can live in victory, you become a conqueror, or you can allow the enemy in your camp by repaying evil with evil instead of with good. And so we're, we're called to repay good to evil. And since we live in a world that's full of evil, this is not always easy to do. Now, remember last week, in, in, in the Bible 
tells us in 3 John 1.11, we learned this last week. John said, dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good, because he who does what is good is from God, but he who does what is evil has not seen God or known God. Come on, amen. So God is teaching us a simple principle that Christ lived by on this earth. The God-man. And here he is being tempted. The Bible said he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Now, here's a question that came up in my mind this week. I'm not knowing if it was me or the Holy Spirit, but, but I was thinking about how many times have I done evil to God, but he's always repaid me back with good. How many times have I been disobedient to God? How many times have I rejected what he's trying to teach me? How many times have I ignored God over and over and over, yet his love covers a multitude of my sins and he pays me back good for my evil? Ain't you glad we serve an awesome and mighty God today? Our message today is entitled, Overcoming Evil with Good. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, evil may not be knocking at your door today. But I can promise you, just keep living. He'll come knocking. Now, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be real up here in the house of God. Because it it doesn't matter where you are today. Very soon, evil is coming, knocking at your door. And you got the responsibility on how you're going to answer it. Am I going to repay evil with evil? Or am I going to repay good with good? I got to make the choice today. We know we have a thief who comes only to steal kill and destroy according to John 10 and 10. But Christ says, I have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Your abundant life is part of repaying evil with good. Because you'll notice that when you do good to those who are evil to you, you will find the joy of the Lord is your strength today. Can I get an amen? Now, Jesus tells us in Luke 17 and 1, He said, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. In other words, he's saying, I got them. Woe to them. In fact, I believe he goes on to say that it would be better to have a a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of my little ones to stumble. Come on, amen. Now, we know our world today is, is so full of evil and wickedness, it's over overwhelming to say the least. And even though we, God is teaching us today that the battle is the Lord's, he also wants to teach us this, that we don't do absolutely nothing. There, there is something that we do do, and that is we are to do good to those who do evil toward us. Now, I want to go all the way back to the very beginning because I, I want to teach you some things that we need to look at because we need to understand how to answer the door when he comes. Let's go back to the very beginning where Cain killed his brother Abel. Now, you got to realize that before Cain killed his brother, something came to the door. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, all these things are coming at the door of Cain before he would take Abel's life. Now, what he should have done, he he should have listened carefully to the word of God that God gave him prior to the event. Because if he would have listened to what God actually said to him, then he would not have been the first murderer on the face of this earth. 
And so we look in the book of Genesis 4, 6, and 7. The Bible said, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? He said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Can you see that this morning? And so anger is knocking at the door. Jealousy is knocking at the door. Envy, hatred, and rage, all these spiritual beings or whatever you want to call them are coming, knocking at his door, and he should have listened to the word of God, but instead he got caught up in his emotions, his rage, and his anger, and he took his brother's own life. I wonder how many times in life all these spirits come knocking at your door. Someone says something to you that hurts you deeply. Someone does something that hurts you deeply. All these emotions begin to rise up inside of you. You still have to answer that door. A lot of times I just say, hey, man, when the devil comes knocking, Send Jesus to answer that door because I I guarantee you he's got the answer. I noticed over the years there's a certain problem that many people deal with when it comes to dealing with the devil. A lot of people try to clean their own house. To get right. They make up in their mind, I'm going to get right with God. And they begin this process of self-cleansing. And what happens is they become a, a self-righteous individual. They're, they're trusting in what they have done. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all this stuff is nothing more than what the Bible refers to as sweeping. Sweeping. Now, sweeping can get your house pretty clean. But in order to get the house really clean, it takes some washing. In other words, in the same way that you wash your house with soap and water, God said, I'm going to wash your house with the blood of the lamb. See, we, we got a choice. We can sweep our house. We can make it look clean. The best that we can, I'm not drinking anymore, I'm going to church. But, but on the inside, it's still full of sin and corruption and anger and all these things. And, and, and you wonder, why is this? It's because you are taking the situation into your own strength. And so when the evil comes, it's impossible for you to repay back good for their evil. Because all you've done is swept your house. It takes the blood. Can I get an amen? Everybody says it takes the blood. Peter says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your forefathers, but it's with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect. Paul gave a list of certain sins that people were committing in Corinth. And he says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, and he said, and that is what some of you were. He says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And so all this self-cleansing, it does not make it better, but it makes it worse. Because what you're doing, you're trusting in you, not trusting in Christ. My Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now, let me read this for you. I want you to see what Jesus teaches us here. In Luke 11 and 24 through 26, he says, When an impure 
spirit comes out of a person. And it goes through the arid places seeking rest and it does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. There's Mr. Get Itself Right by himself. Okay. No worries. He's going to church. I'll be back. I'll be back. I got some friends over here. And he comes over to the dark side. He grabs his buddy, and here they come. Now, listen. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Why? Self-cleaning. Self-preparation, getting your own self right. Listen, we have something called the Holy Spirit of God, that the Holy Spirit of God will quicken you. He will teach you all. The Bible says, I will teach you all things. It's the Holy Spirit of God that comes in, and and he's the one that takes you and brings you to the place of repentance and reminds you that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Now, honor God with your body. And the one way that we honor God is when evil comes at us, we do not retaliate, but we repay back with love, mercy, and forgiveness. See, the best way that Cain could have overcame evil in his own life would have actually do what God told him to do. James says in 1 and 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Let me give you three things what he should have done instead of killing. First of all, he should have done good instead of evil. Come on, amen. Instead of being angry and jealous at his brother, he should have been proud and excited for his achievements. Are you with me yet? Secondly, he should have, he should have loved his brother as himself. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And thirdly, he should have said, you know, I'm wrong. I I should just follow my brother's example and offer a sacrifice of blood. Because the Bible teaches without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But instead, inside of him, evil comes knocking. Anger comes knocking. Rage comes knocking. And so what does he do? He repays his brother good with evil. John says it like this. You have some enemies in your life. You need to think about this. 1 John 3.15. Anyone who hates his brother is a liar. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. 1 John 4 and 20. If anyone says, I love God, yet hate his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love his God, whom he has not seen. God said, you you can't really love me unless you're willing to love your brothers and sisters who are made in my image, in my likeness. I want to identify some of the evils that's going to come knocking at our door. Because it's, it's our job, especially my job as a man of God, to, to point out the evil, the darkness that will come knocking. Paul says it like this, Ephesians 5.11, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. In other words, as iron sharpens iron, you and I are called to help one another to, to be able to see these spirits that are dealing, that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Now, a lot of times we don't see the spirit, but we see the attributes of these spirits. In other words, we see the fruits of darkness. 
But we all know where they come from. Paul says in Acts 5, 19 through 21, he says the acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness, and orgies. And the like I warned you, as I did before, listen, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you get that? Those who do what? Live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What did we talk about last week? We talked about how we all sin and we what? We all fall short to the glory of God. In other words, Paul is saying that we're not ever going to do one or two of these things. But what he's saying is that those who live like this, this is their lifestyle. These are the individuals who think they are saved, who could care less about God, his word, or the church. And those are the ones that will not inherit the kingdom of God. I saw something on Facebook. It saddened my heart. I don't, I don't want to misquote it, but I'm trying to remember what it said. It says something like, basically, that, that, that God doesn't send anyone to hell. They basically send themselves to hell by re- rejecting Jesus Christ. And, and, but, and everybody's like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, why is it that we get excited about individuals going to hell. That's wrong. And so I posted, I said, yeah, unfortunately, that's very true. And a lot of those individuals are my own family. Oh, it got quiet off on Facebook. Because, see, we we love to talk about how those individuals go to hell. But in reality, do we really want them there? I don't. Because... We're not doing our job. We're paying back evil with evil. They treated me bad. They deserve hell. No, we deserve hell. You and I deserve hell. There's not an individual in this room that does not deserve it. Because if we got what we deserve, my Lord. But because God repays good for our evil and gives us mercy and grace and all these good things called love that that's our job now we can't repay evil with evil because if we do we're acting just like the world we're acting just like those individuals who are not saved what about when that temptation comes that beautiful young woman very attractive comes towards you or a very handsome young man, and he approaches you, you cannot respond the way the world responds. You have to repay good with his evil by saying, you know what? I'm married. I love my husband. And I'm happy where I'm at, so you need to move on. Go your own way. Because temptations will come. Can I get an amen? There's a... There's a martial art that, that I've been practicing for years, and it's worked for me, and I want to teach you it today. It's, a, it's not like kung fu, but it's the art of run fu. <laughs> Come on, amen. And, and when, when it approaches, I got a choice. Either I can repay evil with evil, or I can repay it with good by running from it. And I know it works because the Bible teaches me about Joseph who ran from Potiphar's wife. Her mind was all evil, but his was good. So he repaid good toward her evil. Genesis 39, 10 through 12. And, and, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her and even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend his duties. And none of the household servants was inside. He's all alone. Ooh, here she comes. Come on, are you with me? 
She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand, and he, he what? And he ran out of the house. The art of run food. Woo, Lord, that's some good stuff right there. Now, let, let's talk about the greatest example of all of, re, of repaying good for evil. Let's talk about the God-man. Let's talk about the sinless man. Let's talk about the Christ, Yeshua, the King of kings, the one who did nothing wrong. He spent his whole entire life loving, giving, being merciful, and all the things that we're called to do, he did it all. In fact, we find that that just one day everybody is laying palm branches and saying, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. But just a few days later, the enemy comes into the camp. And the people who are praising him are now saying, crucify him. They are now the ones who are beginning to pick up sticks and begin to beat him. They mock him. They spit on him. They pull his beard out. And all these wicked things, they take him up on a hill called Golgotha. They stretch forth his arms and legs and they nail him to the cross. After they have beaten him with the 40 minus one lashes, he could barely even walk to carry the cross to the hill. And all these people saying, if you're the son of God, come down and save yourself. Now listen, there's nothing worse than someone telling you that you're not who you are. There's nothing worse when someone tells you that you're really not a Christian. Come on, that hurts. And, of course, you want to retaliate. I am a Christian. Don't make me go south. Amen. But not Jesus. We read in Luke 23 and 34, the King James Version says this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an example. We are called to repay good for their evil. How could someone be so loving and so kind and so merciful and all the sins of the world are falling upon him, your sins, my sins, my father's sins, my grandfather's sins, and all the sins of my great-great-great-grandfathers all the way back are upon him And he still says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How did he do it? Because he understood what was working behind the scene. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12, For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus understood that the battle was not with the people. He didn't come to save the devil and his team. He came to save you and I, the world. My Bible says God so loved the world. He came to save those individuals, so he had to keep in mind who was working. And the same with you and I. When someone comes against us, we have to understand who is working behind the scene. See, what we don't understand a lot of times, someone could be having a bad day. Their car didn't start. They barely got to work. Their gas is completely almost gone. They don't know how they're going to eat the rest of the week. They're having a rough week, and they're snappy. I had I had someone get mad at me because I was snappy. Pastor didn't greet me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I may be your pastor, but I'm not always in a good mood. <laughs> Come on, amen. 
And if I don't greet you, you got to understand that I'm living in this same thing that you're living in, flesh. And I'm dealing with the same thing you're dealing with, the devil and his angels. Come on, amen. His spiritual wickedness. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led into the spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He said, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth how the mouth of God. He spoke life. The angel took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Are, are you seeing how Christ is not trusting in his human flesh? When he's hurting, he's starving, he's hungry. He's, he's probably feeling a little snappy. If I was Jesus, I would have called ten legions of angels. Smite them. It had been over. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left, left him and angels came and attended him. And the angels came and attended him. See, we don't see that when it happens. When you go through a great spiritual battle on this earth, you don't realize what's taking a place around you. There's, there's spiritual beings working to attend you. In other words, they are the ones who are going to bring that somebody into your life saying, you know what, I know you're tired, but you're really doing a good job. In the same way the enemy can use spirits to bring you down, God can use angels to lift you up. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. I thank God for that. But no matter what they did to Christ, he always repaid back with love. Love. First Peter 4 and 8. Here's where we close. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Paul says, man, if I speak in the tongues of angels and of men, and I do not love, I'm only a reclaiming symbol if I, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and a faith that can move mountains, but have not loved, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I surrender my bodies to the flames, but have not loved, I've gained nothing. But, but love is patient. And love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Never fails. Regardless of what the enemy does and say to you, we have the obligation. We have a debt, and that debt is a love debt. I owe you. You owe me love. Why? It's the example. It's the only example that we have that works. You can go to the library and you can buy all the books about how to be successful. But let me tell you, you can read them all and you can do them all, but without love, you're nothing. 
Because love is what makes the difference. When someone walks through that door, they're not looking for a great preacher. They're not looking for a great praise team. What they're looking for is some love. Man, that church is small, but boy, those people are loving. I think we'll come back. And I guarantee you, it's the love of you that will bring them back more than a word from me. Because I'm talking about love, but it's your responsibility to show them. That's what they need. Let's all stand. Overcoming evil with good. One verse of the Bible. It almost sounds impossible. But God wouldn't ask us to do something that we can't do. And I know we can do it because inside of us is something called the Holy Spirit. And he ain't nothing but love. My Bible says that God is love. What? God is love. If God is living in me and God is love, isn't there a chance that it could come out if I would learn to listen to him instead of myself? Because inside of you, there's also the sinful nature that hates, retaliates, Full of anger and wrath, but inside of you is full of love, mercy, and grace. It, it, it's whoever you listen to. Why are you angry? Why are you mad? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Listen to the words of God. If you do what is right, if you do what is good, you win. So let's leave today with the attitude of goodness. I'm going to be full of goodness. I want to be good to the world who hates me. Why? Because I bear the name that's above all other names. They're going to hate you, Jesus said. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they hate in me, they will hate you also. Mark it down. They're going to hate us, despise us, curse us because we bear the name. But how are we going to repay them? With good and love. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, if there's someone here today that needs prayer, May they come forth now. If there's someone here today that needs salvation, may they come forth now. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Christ today as we leave here. We don't know where evil's coming, but we know he's coming. But Lord, help us to keep in mind the debt we owe, the debt to continue and to love one another. Help us, God to repay good for the evil they give us. We love you now. We praise you. And God's people said amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.